welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about Women in Cages from 1971, directed by Jerry DeLeon. Women in Cages, the sensational new motion picture that rips the veil off the dirtiest racket ever conceived by the minds of vicious men. satisfy strange desires. You'll meet them all in Women in Cages. Apparently it's this Gerardo de Leon. Uh-huh. But I was reading an interview with Tarantino about this movie and he's like, I love Jerry's movies. <laughs> so maybe he went by Jerry. Yeah, either that or Tarantino is pretentious enough to just call the dude by his first name. It, he is, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I knew an actor once that had that kind of ego and just referred to every single actor by their first name like he knew them personally. <laughs> it's, pos- it's possible Tarantino didn't know him. But... Possible, oh. yeah. <laughs> so Women in Cages, produced by Corman. And I don't know. Yeah, no, this is not the first time we've had a Corman-produced feature. No, I think we've had a couple. Yeah, Death Race was. Yeah. But it's the first of two, well, many, many, many women in prison movies shot in the Philippines. Yeah. Didn't actually establish the location of the movie anywhere in the film, but it's the Philippines. It's the Philippines. Uh, Had the tagline of, White skin on the black market. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrible. Also, very not, a- exploitation. Well, yeah, and actually kind of accurate. And let's see, it's a very, very simple opening. The movie jumps right in, you're just on the water. These people are taking a little skiff up to the big yacht called the Zulu Queen. The Pleasure Barge. Yep, which is exactly what it is. It's, uh, and 51 seconds in the movie, and there's already Booba. So, it's gonna yeah. be that kind of movie. There's a topless dancer on stage, and, uh, sex workers galore. <laughs> yes. There's drug dealings happening on here, too. Basically, anything illicit that you want to do, you can do here. And, does much happen when we first see the boat? Not really. Yeah, I think if we just established this exists, it's owned by Rudy. Yeah, we got a little bit of, I was kind of vibing to the music a little bit here. There's a dude making out with one of the uh, with one of the prostitutes. You don't know why you're kissing the prostitute, but hey. Another dude is spying on them with a telescope. 
<laughs> yeah, from up top. It's actually a really kind of neat effect because it's um, we see this like bird's eye view of all the different fuck chambers. <laughs> the stalls. Yeah. Basically, like bathroom stalls, but for sex. <laughs> and the soundtrack is just drums and a flute. Yep. And we suddenly see Rudy at, is it a cockfight? It is a cockfight. Yeah, but it's like the WWE of cockfights. Huge, giant fucking crowd. Yeah, I don't know. I know that cockfighting is culturally accepted among some groups of people. I'm not sure. Probably the Philippines being one of them. I actually don't know. But they tend to be very popular wherever they're considered part of. It's like bullfighting. They're just it's very popular to watch animals kill each other. Yeah. For, for it, reasons. This isn't like a group of people gathered around a cage. This isn't like an arena. <laughs> yeah, they're all betting on it. I mean there's there's always the gambling aspect. Yeah. And Rudy is there betting on this and he's got his young girlfriend Carol Jeffries. One might say Rudy can't fail. Yeah. And the police show up to bust Rudy. Yep, because he's a drug dealer and a sex trafficker and probably a billion other things. Yep, and he stuffs all these drugs in Carol's purse and says, don't say where you got these, and runs off. Yep. Because um, apparently she doesn't know anything about her boyfriend. No. Like, wait, 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 you're dealing drugs and trafficking people? What? This is news yeah. to me. Well, I don't think that's part of your pickup line. It's like, hey, I'm Rudy. I sell women into sex slavery and I sell drugs. Yeah, do you want to see my sex boat? <laughs> want to see my sex boat? Watch a cockfight with me? <laughs> oh, yes, Rudy, of course. So she goes to jail. She gets busted. Yep. She's got drugs in her purse. And one of Rudy's men show up to talk to her and is like, oh, yeah, just... We'll get you out. <laughs> Fingers crossed behind his back. He's fucking lying to her. Yeah. That she totally took the fall. And so Carol is sent to Carcel del Infierno. Jail of Hell. I mean, it's fairly apt. Yeah. It, she's sent there for ten years. Har- yep, ten years hard labor. At Carcel del Infierno. And we meet the the matron of this jail. Pam Greer. Yeah, I was not expecting... I didn't do any, like, research into this movie before, so I was like, oh, shit, Pam Greer's one of the... Is the bad guy? Like, I was not expecting that. Yep, and her name is Alabama. (laughs) She's not from Alabama, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. She has that line about Harlem. Something like, what hell did you come out of? Harlem, motherfucker, or something like that. Yeah. That is later on. Like I said, these all blur together. (laughs) Yeah. And so we get... More nudity. Yeah, we got it's like the scene from Super Troopers, but a lot less fun. Yeah, all the women are stripped naked, and they're searched. And then Alabama goes, let's get the lice off of them. And they just hose down the women and cover them with, I don't know, soap powder? Yeah, I don't know, something they use for delousing. Because when Jeffrey shows up to her cell, she's like covered in this white powder. Yeah, she's extra white. And we meet all of these girls at once. I wrote down their names, but good luck remembering a face to them. I mean, yeah. Well, and again, the other problem is the other movie we watched starred like three-fifths of the cast of this movie, so... I know. Because there's Sandy and Janelle. Teresa is the the Filipina woman. Right, Teresa's the Filipina. 
is the Filipino word. I don't remember. I don't remember the actual name of the blonde. Her name they call him, they call her Stoke though. Stokes, yeah. Stokes, yeah. She's the the junkie. The junkie, yeah. And Sandy's Sandy's the redhead. Yeah, those are the only ones we really. Well, no, we also get to know Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. Oh, she's important. She's important. And then Jeff's. Jeff's, yeah, Jeffries, but they all call her Jeff's. So we get some more about Alabama that she's, you know, the chief matron, and she hates Americans. Yep. Um, because she experienced a lot of racism in the United States. Which, I mean, that's accurate. I'm <laughs> sure she did. Yeah, and so she said, I fucking hate the United States, and moved to the Philippines to run a jail where she can torture white girls. I, yeah, this is because she says it's been like five, later she says she's been there for five years. I'm like, man, I wonder how she decided to do this job and how she got the gig in the first place. Yeah, and like, one of the other guards is like, oh yeah, that new girl, Jeffries. Pam Greer's like, oh, she reminds me of those racist white bitches in the States. I mean, they probably do. Yep. And the girls, they talk about like, oh, you don't want to get on her bad side. Otherwise, you go to the playpen. Which I imagine is like the Caterpillar Room in Toy Story 3. <laughs> the Caterpillar Room. It probably is. No. And well, it kind of is. Again, that's where, what, did I watch this on Tubi? Yeah. I, we, oh, we Pluto. Pluto. And I got the same fucking capital, was it Capital One? Let's see. Some sort of, yeah, Credit One ad over and over and over again. That's because you have Paramount Plus. My ads were just Paramount Plus over and over again. I got like two pair, two or three Paramount Plus ads. I did get those, but then I literally, watching both of these movies, I got the stupid Credit, credit One ad, like, 15 times it was actually miserable yeah, and i had an ad for a uh an anti-psychotic medication oh i didn't get that one called latuda i don't think i got a latuda ad yeah and it was like that sounds like a native american tribe the latuda the latuda indians you know but anyway back to the movie so alabama stops by the the cell to pick up Teresa. And we know that Teresa is fucking Alabama and gives her all the information. Right. You know, it's it's no secret at all. Right. She's, yeah, she's Alabama's lover. Yep. And it's not like, I, it, it, she, yeah, she is using Teresa. I mean, she is exploiting her position of power over her. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's definitely, a, there's definitely a power vacuum here. And we don't know how this started, but it doesn't seem like it's like, hey, I'm just going to take whatever one of these women I want and have my way with her. It seems like it's at least moderately consensual. Yeah. In so much as this sort of power <laughs> dynamic can be consensual. And it's where we see that Stoke is quite the junkie because she's shuddering and going through withdrawals. And man, heroin withdrawals are pretty horrible. Yeah, and... She meets with one of Rudy's men, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Stokes does, yeah. And she really, really wants her heroin. Because that's the dude who got her, on her, got her on it in the first place. Yeah, she's like, you motherfucker started me on this shit. You have to give me some now. The dude's like, fine, but I need you to kill Jeffs. Yep. 
we'll give you some, but you have to kill Jeffries. She's like, fine, I'll do it. Next scene we see, he gives her poison. And next scene we see is Stokes going up to Jeffries. Would you like a sandwich? Which, for some reason, she just decides not to eat the sandwich. Uh, she gets all melancholy because, you know, prison. Yeah, she takes a sandwich and she gets sad and goes to sleep. I'd like to point out this is all on the first day. Yeah. They haven't actually hit the hard labor part of the hard labor yet. So this, all this action, all these things have happened in, in the course of the first day. And Stokes, you know, is sleeping there. And she she has her gear for, for shooting up just sitting there right on a shelf. Right. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. She just gets high and she's fine again. Till the next morning, <laughs> when they find this dead rat. Is the rat ate the sandwich? Yeah. Poor and, rat. Yeah, poor rat. And Jeffrey's just like, did he eat my sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> and nothing ever comes of this again. They never talk about it. That one goes, that's a weird response. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Why was your sandwich toxic? To- Maybe a lot of the food there is just toxic by default. I don't know. I mean, it is like an unregulated Filipino prison. (laughs) Yeah, and then Teresa comes back, and they they give her shit about sleeping with Alabama. They use the word dyke quite a few times. Right, because it's it's relatively established that Alabama is, in fact, a lesbian. Yeah. This is not just like, ooh, prison, there's just girls everywhere. I mean, she gets to go and do whatever she wants. She's pretty, she just likes... She just likes women. Likes women. And um, these women are fighting... You know, other women are trying to get Alabama's attention. Right. And they, you know, figure if they can get in her good graces. And Teresa insists to everybody, she likes me more than you. And all the girls, they fight each other. At one point, Teresa's like, I'm gonna cut your fucking eyes out! Oh yeah, she got a knife, because it's prison. And so they take... Jeffries tries to intervene, and she's the one that takes the fall here and gets sent to the playpen. Which is just like a legit medieval torture chamber. Yep, it's a torture chamber. Um, They're like, put her in the boots. They're like these big iron boots. And... Alabama's like, we're going to play a real nice game. You'll like it. And basically, they kind of lift her up and put a, a brazier under her crotch. Turns out she actually is a firebush. Yeah. Because she's a redhead. Alabama's like, this is how we play hot foot. It's a hot clam. Yeah. As hot. it were. <laughs> Steam clam. Just mildly cooking her vagina. That's right. A light roasting, really. Yeah. It's a toast. And so then we learn that these women, the prison makes them all go work out on these sugar cane fields. Yeah, that's the hard labor part of the hard labor. That is the hard labor part. And Alabama keeps telling the white girls, eh, this is a lot different than down south, isn't it? You know, that it's the reverse of the plantations. True. And Stokes is having heroin fits. And passes out, and they just gotta leave her. They can't take care of her, so she just stays passed out in the field forever before she kind of rouses herself back up. So they're all talking about we need to escape. Well, you can't escape, you know. There's trackers. There's, like, all this jungle, and they have these trackers. Uh, that's right, because the two girls escape, right, during the 
Or is that... It's during one of the hard labor scenes, the two girls escape. Yeah, two girls escape, and then they come back as corpses. Hauled in by the banditos that uh, they hire to go track them down. And Teresa's invited back to Alabama's bedroom, and she's like, what are we celebrating? Well, I've been in this place for five years now. And she monologues about the racist bitches in the USA. Yeah. And Teresa cuddles and goes, I love you, Alabama. And then bites her, which really, really pisses Alabama off. She's like, oh, you want to play rough? And she's no longer friends with Teresa now. So apparently, uh, apparently not into that sort of stuff. No, she, she, she's the dominant one. Yeah, You try to be dominant, oh, she will end you. She just makes it's... Teresa's life a living hell. So now Pan Greer's uh, got that big uh, Dead or Alive brand new lover energy. Who does she go after? Oh, um, Jeff's, right? Not Jeff's, uh, no, she, Stokes. She kind of goes after Stokes, yeah. Because she, like, brings her in, and then Stokes says wants nothing of it, so she gets to go to the boo box. The boo box, the playpen. that's <laughs> <laughs> the caterpillar room. The boo-boo hole. The boo-boo hole. <laughs> and, um... What was her torture? I can't remember what she got. She gets, uh, she gets... Is she the one who gets stabbed with the pitchfork? The trident? Whatever the fuck? She gets put on a wheel. Oh, she gets the wheel, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, we also get some dialogue where they talk about while they're there. And one girl has my favorite line. She's like, I killed a rotten son of a bitch. My husband. Oh, uh, that's Sandy, right? Yeah, that's Sandy. Right. Suzanne and they're uh, the... I don't know if it's... The DA? I don't know. He's trying to get her out. That's chief of police, whoever the fuck that guy is. Yeah, the DA shows up and wants Sandy to help them somehow. Well, he wants to get get her in close with Jeffs to try to get Jeffs to testify against oh, that's right. Rudy to help bring down that drug cartel and sex trafficking ring. Because So he's like, she's like, just want to get close to her and get her closer and convince her to do this, basically. Because despite all this, Jeff still has faith in Rudy. Yep. Does not know about the uh, very poor murder attempts that are happening throughout the movie by by Stokes. And they keep telling her, you know, Rudy's probably inbred with some slut. Oh no, not my Rudy. He's a saint. Yeah. Is it Stokes that releases a snake in the cell? Kind of. I mean, the snake starts to hang out near the uh, near the window, and she goes, "Aha, a snake!" And she grabs the snake with like the head of her bed. She like breaks off the back of her bed to get like a plank to get the snake down, and then puts it in her bed, hoping yeah. it'll bite her, and it doesn't. And yeah, they kill the snake, but then Jeff hatches her escape plan. She's like, "We're gonna use the snake to escape." Oh yeah. And then during this, because she realizes that um, you can escape through the boo-boo hole. <laughs> right. You know, the hot box they have out there has, like, this yeah. tunnel. It's essentially, it's a sewer. Like, the, basically, the sewer just runs into the hole. And, oh, wait, we get how she goes there first, though. Oh, don't they? They like the visiting dignitaries, right? The, the dignitaries visit... And yeah, this tiny little warden guy who's like, oh, look, they look human, all the prisoners. 
and they, um, you know, Jeffries comes up because the dignitaries ask, are you being treated well? Jeffries is like, oh, hell no, we're not. I mean, she asked, do you want me to be honest? And they go, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, she goes, no, they do this, they, try, they abuse us, and that sort of stuff. And then she gets thrown in the hole yeah, because they have of that. Yeah, a torture room, and the dignitary's like, oh, no, that doesn't sound right. And they throw her in the boo-boo hole. Where she starts to go crazy and sing Miss Muffet and Jack Spratt. Yeah, I don't know how long she's in there, but uh, she... Oh, and apparently one of the other matrons draws the short straw, because she's just got to sit outside and watch it. Watch the stupid hole. Yeah. And Jeff tries to throw some acid in there. And hits, kind of, does some burning, but doesn't do anything else, because she's terrible at this. Yeah, then Alabama, we get more backstory, because I kept one of her lines... Yeah, Where she's talking about how badass she is, and she doesn't want to hear any of these girls whining because she's like, "I was strung out on heroin at ten and working the streets at twelve. That's life in Harlem." Yeah, Harlem's a pretty rough place in the seventies or six. I guess it would have been the mid sixties at that time. Yeah, the white men raped me, so no white bitch can kill me now. You know, she's just going off. Yeah, she's pretty far gone at this point. So they. Part of their escape plan is they use this snake to spook the guards and overpower them and get into Alabama's chamber. So they're going to take her with them to keep the trackers off. She's their hostage. And that's why she's ranting all about, like, rape in Harlem and all of that. Yeah. Because she's, she's indefeatable here. She, she hates these white women. And Teresa. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Right. Well, Teresa, because jilted lover, lover's quarrel? I don't know. Yeah, and then they tie her to, like, a rock. Right, and then they... Because they're trying to make it to this fishing village, I guess, that Stokes knows about, because... No, no, Puente Verde is the name of the village. I wrote that part down. Oh, Puente Verde, yeah. Because yeah. Stokes knows her, because she was dating somebody involved in this drug ring, turns out. I don't know if he was an enforcer. I can't remember what the fuck is going on here. Yeah, Jeff starts to realize that she's not Rudy's only girl that he's done this to. Yeah. That Stokes was her before. <laughs> that Stokes was the innocent woman set up and sent to jail for Rudy. Or at least his, uh, his cartel. And she's like, you never told me you knew Rudy. <laughs> they leave Teresa so they could just have her there on the rock to die. But Teresa, yeah, and at this not point, Teresa, they leave point, Alabama. Alabama. At this point, Stokes just like unilaterally making decisions. Yeah, Stokes is in charge here. And Teresa runs back to Alabama to just torture her for a bit. And she's like, you're a devil. Alabama goes, honey, we all have our devils. So they start doing stuff. Yeah. And then the bandits catch up, rape them, and kill them. Yeah, exactly. Teresa's like, I can't quit you, Bama. <laughs> and just right. starts making out with her, kissing her all over, and that's yeah, right when the bandits show up and kill and rape them both. Yep. I'm not convinced those bandit the actors who play that know they're in a movie, by the way. Yeah, they looked they looked really, really vicious. Like their facial expressions at some of these scenes, like I'm not sure they spoke English. I think it's Jeffries that's like, let's wait for Teresa. 
But, uh, no. (laughs) But they finally get to the little fishing village, and Stokes goes into this house, just walking in on these people having sex. And she goes, hey, I want to trade you all of these women to Rudy. For for smack. For smack, too. She's like, I need some heroin. I will trade you all of these women. And the guy's like, what the hell are you talking about? I know you got that floating whorehouse out there. You know, and you deliver dolls to the floating whorehouse. So that's exactly what they do. The cops show up, though. Yeah, the cops show up. And there's a fight on the beach, but with basically no lighting, so it's hard to tell what the fuck happens. <laughs> um, what's her name? Sandy San- gets away. Yes, they get. They manage to pull Sandy away from that, but Jeff's and Stoke end up on the boat. Yeah, and... Jeff's is all like, oh, Rudy, it's so good to see you. And he's like, oh, our deal was to kill her. That's right. Rudy's just like, <laughs> just completely honest about it. He's like, you were supposed to kill her. Like, right in front of her. <laughs> right in front of her. And Jeffrey's just like, what? And so he decides to make them both sex slaves. Right. You know, he makes some really bad comment to... Jeff's about, this is going to be your on-the-job trading. And she sends her off to be raped. Yeah. Yeah, And then it's some time later that the cops decide to raid the Zulu Queen. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out an excuse to go out there. And they're like, so if hypothetically an unannounced, unsanctioned visit were to happen and we were to find somebody. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That would be okay, right? Or the judge was like, yeah, that would be fine. Because, well, apparently the boat's like in international waters. Yeah. So, no laws apply there. And so, some guy comes up and employs Jeff's for her services. And, you know, this is where I say you don't know how long it is, because she's already jaded, dead-eyed prostitute. Right. You know, there's just no soul. Some some time has passed. They don't establish how much, but some time has passed. And one of them is the actual, like, oh. DA that helped her out. At least, like, a couple of weeks. Because, I mean, they had to get everything together, right? Yeah. But the DA's like, hey, 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 you remember me. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You had big penis. Let's, let's have sex, lover. You know, just yeah, going with a script. So, you were so good. Oh, yes. And he's like, no, 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 no. Snap out of it. We're actually going to rescue you here. And she kind of does. I mean, she snaps out of it. Yeah. She's like, but we can't get out. And they're like, yeah, we can. <laughs> they just shoot their shooting kung fu their way out. Yeah, and they leave Stokes behind. Right. They shoot Rudy. Rudy dies. Rudy dies, yeah. And so this other guy takes over. He's like, number two is like, all right, Rudy's dead. Let's get back to work. <laughs> yeah, back to work, ladies. <laughs> Probably just threw his corpse in the water and called her today. <laughs> yeah, and we get this shot of Stokes just um with some old dude buys her on the boat and takes her to one of the, the stalls. Oh. And the closing shot is just this close up of Stokes' face and she's just crying because this is her life now. And then credits over her crying face. Yeah. It's depressing. Um. But then again, women in prison uh, movies aren't supposed to be the happiest thing. It's also 
unsatisfying. It is. It's. I mean, you can make a grim movie, but at least make it like, like I don't know. You don't, you don't feel like anybody got the, the stuff they deserved. Yeah. Well, maybe Pam Grier's character did. But uh, no, she didn't really deserve it. I mean, the whole reason she was doing this was rape trauma, so she didn't really deserve rape. I mean, if Teresa had killed her as sort of a lover's quarrel thing, I think that would have been a little bit more poetic. Yeah. Rather than both of them just getting raped and murdered by random bandits. But of this movie, Quentin Tarantino said, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jerry. This film is just harsh, harsh, harsh. He described the final shot as one of devastating despair. I mean, that's fair. It's a fair assessment. Yep. That's accurate. I mean, this movie was okay, but just unsatisfying. It, yeah, I mean, it's exploitation, but it's just so... It doesn't break new ground. I don't know. I really haven't been able to process what I what I thought of this movie, because there are things I liked about it. And the characters were kind of cool. Like, they all had their flaws. They all had their their thing, you know, their things going on. And you kind of felt sorry for them all in their own way. But then nothing happens at the end that makes you go, oh, yeah, that's how that should have turned out. Yeah, there's... And like you said, this blurs together with so many other women prison women in prison movies. Including our companion piece. Yeah. Which, and I watched them separate. I didn't watch them back to back. And it's still, like, the two blur together for me. And our companion piece is actually, like, way better than this. Yes. Uh, yes. And we'll get to that in the bonus episode. Because there's not a lot in Women in Cages that makes it stand out as its own movie. Not really. The only thing that that's, I found kind of unique about it was Pam Greer playing a villain. That's like, yeah. Pam like, Greer is the villain. And her motivations are interesting. You definitely get that sort of black exploitation background from that character, though, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, racist white people getting raped, the drugs, all that stuff. It's pretty common black exploitation themes, and then kind of just shoveled into. Yeah, and then the last chunk of the movie after their escape which we get this in so many women in prison movies, is escaping through the jungle. Right, I mean, jungle chases are fun. Like, that's a that's a cool thing. You get some... You get some good cinematography out of that. It's pretty... Usually... Like, it's cool. Like, that's... Like, uh, do you ever see the movie Apocalypto? Yes. That's pretty... Like, that whole movie is basically a chase through a jungle. It's kind of cool. Not as... Much cooler than this one. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. It was a higher, much higher budget movie. Yeah. But, yeah, that's Women in Cages. I don't really have much else. We're in a pretty short episode on this one. Yeah, I just don't have much to say about it other than it's okay and somewhat unsatisfying. Oh, I, I, I will say that it's actually not that violent. No, there's, like, a there's l- not a lot. There's not a lot of blood. There's no, like, gore. And they managed to make it, like, brutal and harsh and depressing without making it, like, excessively violent, which is kind of interesting. I mean, the torture we don't see full on. Right. Um, 
Yeah, we don't. The the tortures. Yeah, you're you're right about that. <laughs> like I'm just trying to think of like you see some cuts and that's about it. Like. I mean, they obviously look beat up, and you can tell that shitty things happened. And but it's kind of an off-screen and in an off-graphic sort of way. So I was actually kind of impressed by that. Yeah, the movie's big selling point is all the sex, all the nudity. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of violence in terms of exploitation, especially for a movie that's actually pretty grim. Yeah. So I guess that's a, that's an impressive feat of filmmaking. You can make a movie that's not extremely violent, and then still make it more disturbing than a lot of other movies I've watched. And I suppose Rudy is a serviceable villain because he is fucking evil. Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's like a mafioso. He's he's a drug he's a drug dealer, he's a sex trafficker, I mean that's he, he fills into falls into that archetype uh perfectly. I mean loves it, his fucking job. Yeah he does. <laughs> Till it kills him, but then his number two just takes over. Yeah. Because that's the way it is. That's the way of the uh, the cartel. Yes, they're sex boat at sea. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Women in Cages. Hold on, my mouse died. <laughs> I needed to pull much up like the my, notes. <laughs> much like my soul watching this movie. Yeah. His mouse has died. It is a hard movie to watch. <laughs> and it's not even like... like like I said, it's not even bad. It's just not satisfying and hard to watch. Like It's a weird one. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploitItPodcast, or contact us at ExploitItPodcast at gmail.com. Join us for our bonus episode as we look at the big dollhouse. And then next week is Statham. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a little less grim. A lot less grim.